Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe, Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams, Dogs 24-7. Still no Rusty Mansell this time, but we're giving him a pass because the dude is without power probably at least until Tuesday. Uh, He's had to transplant from his house uh, because of the storms in northwest Georgia. Prayers to all of those folks. Thoughts and prayers and and definitely, uh, you know, our just i don't don't, you don't even really know what to say uh with with everything that went on up there uh and and in alabama and all the storms that have come through i mean obviously those are devastating and um you know i I was actually kip and i were talking about it before the show i was actually in powder springs georgia at a at a couple shower for my sister-in-law my wife and i and kids were there and a, a apparently a tornado touched down in the in the neighborhood and uh that was the most violent weather i think i'd ever seen it only lasted for about two or three minutes max but it was crazy and it got it got out of hand quickly and it would, would disappeared quickly uh but but obviously you know rusty got you know, rusty's neighborhood kind of got caught up in that and, and he wasn't able to be with us tonight but it's me and kip we're going to talk about uh, Jamie Newman, obviously, uh, I don't know if you've heard, and if you haven't, you've probably been living under a rock. Georgia got a big-time graduate transfer quarterback, a guy that that really opens things up for them next season, considering all the losses on offense. We're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss, you know, kind of what he means, when this might have gotten started, all of that stuff, and then we're we're probably going to just kind of see what happens toward the end of the show. But but as of right now. We kind of want to get into the offensive line and and kind of what's going on there and and what you know make it happen for Georgia. But before I do that, Kip, what's going on with you, man? Uh, like you and Rusty, just kind of uh, drying off after this this weather came through. I can't really uh, you know c- claim to have an excuse to be out in this weather, other than I had my family in town over the weekend. And, you know, I didn't really have plans to smoke or cook anything for seven people. So I, I put in that order at Fox Brothers. And, you know, once I put it in and saw the radar, I had to kind of make a, a life choice there, whether I was going to leave $150 worth of barbecue just sitting there. But, you know, went in the car and drove about five miles per hour down uh, Highway 20 up one exit and and picked it up. But, you know, zero visibility was... Uh, 
was just quite an experience driving through that uh just to kind of give me a more perspective on what that storm cell you know really was doing across the southeast but it's like like normal man we're just again catching our breath after just another crazy news week you think you know when the season ends the news ends but in college football especially covering a program like georgia it just never seems to stop that news cycle continues throughout the off season i mean i can't imagine kip that that i really don't know that there has been a crazier two three week thing i mean because you know, you you look at there at the end of the, of 2019. You've got 18 Georgia players not playing. You've got Zachary Evans opening up, and, and we kind of went over this last time uh, in last podcast. But you've got all of that stuff going on. Then you've got all of the fallout from Jake Fromm leaving, Cade Mays uh, lawsuit, mind blowing stuff you've never heard of happening ever before and then to cap all the week off i mean hey they're just gonna ho-hum at a 6'4 234 230 pound quarterback who uh who rushed for over 500 yards last year threw for over 2800 yards and 26 touchdowns and uh you know has put together a better rushing performance than than we've seen from a georgia quarterback in at least 20 30 years uh, i know quincy carter and dj shockley and even aaron murray i mean aaron murray had 16 rushing touchdowns in his career but never over 200 yards rushing dj shockley didn't rush for over uh 400 yards and and uh and quincy carter never reached the 300 yard plateau in his career so uh it, it was it, he jamie newman brings a completely different dynamic and where i want to start with this kip is Want to get your thoughts on this, and and you know if you got some inside, that's great. Share it, and and if you've got some you don't want to share it, I get it. But how how long do you think? See, Jamie Jamie Newman entered the transfer portal in, on January thirty first. I'm sorry, not then. I'm looking into the future now, December thirty first. Do you think Georgia was in contact right away? How soon do you think this happened for Georgia and and his recruitment beginning? I really do think they were. I mean, it, for Kirby Smart, that's always been kind of what he's tried to do. He's always tried to explore every avenue of potentially improving his roster, but also preparing, you know, for any potential loss. I mean, he has been able to, you know, navigate the transfer portal pretty well so far. You know, when he lost wide receivers last year, he brought in a guy like Lawrence Cager. When he lost Isaac Nada, you know, early to the draft, he he brought brought in a guy like Eli Wolf who could contribute, you know, to the offense. I think, you know, as soon as Kirby Smart kind of got a feeling that that Jake was considering leaving early, I think he immediately began, you know, building that quarterback board just like recruiting and evaluating all of the players who had put their name in the transfer portal. And as soon as Newman was in there and available to for, for programs to communicate with him, I, I think that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Kirby Smarter or James Coley had reached out that, that same day to kind of gauge his interest and kind of, you know, get that foot in the door and began discussing, you know, potentially this position opening up in the spring. And, and as soon as, you know, Jake Fromm put that announcement out there on Wednesday. I think that probably put Georgia is what put Georgia into the driver's seat, you know, and and made it an easier sell for the coaching staff. So I would not be surprised at all 
if Kirby Smart was immediately working all of the options out there, uh, comparing all the quarterbacks. And I think it's pretty easy to see why Newman, as of right now, uh, was at the top of the list for a lot of programs. Yeah, see, Kip, I, I think that, you know, obviously you got somebody looking at the portal to see what names are in there. I don't know how periodically they check. Uh, whoever checks it, I hope they check it as often as Matt Zenitz does from AL.com. Shout out to him. I, I know we're not supposed to give a lot of people, you know, not really not supposed to, but I know it's not kosher to give a lot of other outlets a lot of uh, of credit or a, a lot of uh, love on on the podcast or whatever. But Matt Zenitz is all over that transfer portal, and and that's his game, and he's doing a really good job at it. But ultimately, uh, they've got somebody watching it nonstop. I feel like, and as soon as he went in. Georgia had to have jumped on it. I, I'll say this: uh, if if you don't follow me, if you don't follow me on social media or whatever, uh, took a fishing trip when we were down in New Orleans, went into the uh, went into the intercoastal waterways and and you know caught, caught a bunch of black drum and and sheep said it was really nice. But uh, but this is pertinent because Seth Emerson of the Athletic was on the same uh, trip with us, and uh, we're you know we're fishing and everything. We're coming back. We get to the dock check phones, start looking. Jamie Newman has entered the transfer portal. Looked at Seth. Seth looked at me. Both of us said at the same time, hey, I wonder if that's a, if that's a possibility for Georgia when, when Fromm leaves. Uh, or, or if Fromm leaves, sorry. We, we really didn't know at the time. Uh, but um, ultimately, he was. And, and that was something that Georgia jumped on right away. Uh, and, and I think something that needs to be pointed to here, Kip, is the fact that Jamie Newman hasn't visited Georgia in a traditional sense, not 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 of just an official visit, but an unofficial visit, he may have made the trip down from Winston Salem to to kind of look around and and uh, see what everything was like and 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 stuff like that. I mean that that that's absolutely possible. But he didn't come to Athens and and meet with the coaches or anything like that. He didn't come to Athens and and uh, get a chance to you know talk to the academic staffs and and uh with coaches present and the tutors and all that stuff that 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 just wasn't available to him so georgia kind of got jamie newman to an extent sight unseen uh, as far as their program goes and and i think that's another huge factor here and uh, i think one of the things that really played in georgia's favor is the proximity because he could make that trip make a day trip to winston-salem i've been up that way before it's not it's not a bad trip at all, and and I think that's something that definitely worked in Georgia's favor. And and I'm with you. I think that it's a no-brainer that Georgia jumped into this thing really quickly. You're telling Jamie Newman, hey, we've got a quarterback. He's got to make a decision. If he decides to leave, you are the number one guy. And it's that simple. They probably recruited him just like that, and that's that's kind of how it went. Uh, but but at the end of the day, I think that that this is this has the potential to be the perfect fit if you if you think you know exactly what jamie newman's going to be uh you know that's one thing but you still think and that's why the, this is a potential perfect fit and uh, there's a reason that georgia jumped on it so quickly yeah and it's it's really interesting because as i said on the last pod uh, you know when we were talking about which quarterback we thought would would be the best fit you know my my main question with newman at the time i did not know when he would be set to enroll in school. And I just, I just had, you know, oh, I, knew that, major, major. I, I knew that Kirby Smart wanted a guy in spring ball. I mean, if you don't have from out there and you're, and you're going with the guys they have on campus, 
you know, you really need a guy able to come in with some experience and just running an offense and a guy that can pro- provide some leadership to, to an offensive room that really doesn't have a lot now moving forward. You know, looking at the group, it's just really interesting. All the defensive players came back and, you know, just about every offensive player that could possibly go, you know, left early for the draft. And it had a lot of people thinking, you know, do they look at this offense and see we're not going to be able to thrive in it in 2020? That kind of, you know, some people took that as a sign that Georgia might, you know, have some lingering issues on offense. But yet, look, look at Jamie Newman. Like you said, sight unseen, Jamie Newman chose to come to Georgia and compete to start in that offense over over Oregon, you know, over Miami, you know, the possibility of a program like Oklahoma, other programs that potentially had what are seen as more explosive offenses uh, could not beat out Georgia. So I think that not only says something to what Jamie sees, but potentially the direction Georgia was going in and and potentially having some new changes to the offense, the overall offensive scheme. I don't think, you know, you're going to see just a bunch of designed quarterback runs, but but really what really intrigues me is what Jamie brings to the table that, you know, that, that Jake Fromm did not is, you know, additional throwing lanes. You know, it, it is when that play... You know, when the play breaks down and, and he does scramble, he can either, you know, get those additional yards or find someone downfield. But you can also design a play where, you know, he is moving uh, outside the pocket. He's rolling out to one side of the field because they know he will be able to, you know, evade a, a pass rusher and be able to get outside of the pocket quicker to see that throwing lane downfield. It's a, a completely new addition to the offense. And it just it, it's just interesting to me that, you know, the addition of Jamie Newberg can completely uh, Jamie Jamie Newman can completely change the outlook of, of this offense. <laughs> Sorry, man, that one that that cracks me up. Yeah, right, that, right. that's that's, that's such an easy mistake to make. It too. is, man. He he got all Jamie of this. Newman's interest. a little taller than Jamie Newberg. A little bit, but but Jamie Newberg brought you know he 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 introduced all of us to this thing called recruiting. So uh, a shout out to, to to Jamie Newberg for for getting us all hooked on on, on college football recruiting back in the day but but as for Jamie Newman I think again it, it shows that the outlook for this offense it, it is not as bleak as it was a couple weeks ago and that just really I mean credit to the the talent that that Jamie Newman brings to the table and just the new look that he could potentially bring to an offense still in that traditional you know overall pro style sense uh, of him being able to just to have more ways to get the ball downfield and that still is his his number one you know asset that he brings to the team is is the arm talent his size at 64 and his ability again to get the ball to his playmakers not just from inside the pocket but also either when the play breaks down or design plays to move him around on the field yeah he's an incredible talent and and Again, you don't know how it's going to mesh. You don't know how he's going to fit. You don't know how the the talent level, the bump up, and maybe talent level that he's going to face consistently is going to affect him. But you have to think that that he's going to have a really good supporting cast around him. I know the offensive line is going to be a little bit of a work in progress, but Georgia still has guys there. 
you know, that they're working on adding Trey McKitty there at tight end to give him an extra weapon at the tight end position. Um, I don't think Georgia's offense is going to change a ton from from the route concepts and the and the tree because if you watch a lot of Jamie Newman film, you see the guy throwing the ball outside a ton, and and Kirby Smart and, and James Coley already like that a lot. Uh, so I think that you, you may not see a big change in that. Uh, I think they're a little risk averse when it comes to that, and and they do it when they have to. Uh, but but I do think they're going to use this guy's legs. They're going to uh, use him in short yardage, and and that's invaluable. I think that the numbers advantage he can give to you in short yardage, the numbers advantage he can give to you in in the zone read game and the numbers advantage he can give to you on third down as a passer because you saw it time after time this year when Georgia would have to play a mobile quarterback all of a sudden you've got one maybe two guys that were completely pulled out of the of the coverage because they had to spy a quarterback and now teams are going to have to do that to Georgia now I'm not one of these people that thinks a dual threat quarterback is is a silver bullet a dual threat quarterback who can who can win from the pocket is is an absolute nightmare for a defense and i think newman has that potential from the pocket and i think he also has that potential uh to to kind of get out on the perimeter and do his thing as a runner and and i think he can run inside i mean kip i mean come on man i mean we, we've seen these quarterbacks and i'm not really comparing him to tim tebow and cam newton but he's a big guy like that uh, i think blake bell kind of they called him the belldozer at oklahoma when he was there when you can snap the ball to a quarterback and shotgun and essentially be in, in first and seven because you know that the, the guy back there is an automatic three yards every time he does it. Sam Ellinger has that ability as well. I mean, how big is that for an offense, right? Oh, no doubt. I mean, again, that, that provides an additional thing for, for James Coley to be able to, to utilize. And, I mean, just looking at – this national championship game that's about to take place. I mean, you look at Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. Those are both guys that are 6'4", 220, 6'6", 220. And, and they're able to – they can tuck that ball and, and get not just five yards. I mean, we've seen both guys get – break off 15, 25-yard runs, you know, over and over again. And, and we saw it in the college football playoffs, the semifinal games, both guys. So I think that having that, you know – at your in, in your repertoire just this brings a whole new dynamic and and really you know it, it gives you something you can fall back on if, if guys are not able to get separation you know you can still get a, a a a first down you could still move the chains and stay ahead of the chains you know in, in, in a drive a pivotal drive down the field and I, i'm just thinking about georgia's offense last year you know DeAndre Swift and George Pickens, you know, if those guys weren't getting it going when Lawrence Cager went down, you know, it, it was kind of a it was a struggle, you know, for them to really put points on the board. And it, I mean, looking at this 2020 offense, I mean, you, you could definitely say that Jamie Newman might be, you know, the biggest playmaker coming in. I mean, I know Pickens is coming back and obviously is a major talent, but what Jamie Newman brings to this offense, you know, at the end of the season, we could be talking about him as, you know, the biggest playmaker on the team. And I think that says a lot about just what Georgia was able to do, getting this guy to, to you know, to sign up to, to potentially be the starting quarterback at Georgia. Obviously, there's, you know, 
Kirby Smart, whenever he's in his next presser, is going to talk about competition. He's going to talk about how no one has earned the job, and that's not anything to take away from Stetson Bennett, you know, Dwan Mathis, or Carson Beck. But uh, I, I think that Georgia is a much stronger team now, uh, having you know Newman in the fold and with an offense that has to replace a lot of players. You know, not just uh, at running back, you know, at wide receiver and tight end, but also in that offensive line, like you said, his ability to uh, to make things happen when he needs to with his legs is going to be extremely valuable for Georgia this year. Yeah, make no mistake about it. He's going to talk about competition. Kirby Smart is, but Jamie Newman was brought to Georgia to do one thing. And that's play quarterback in twenty nine, sorry, twenty twenty, and uh, and and that's more than likely what he's going to do as long as he's healthy and barring something unforeseen. I I think Kip and and this is kind of my 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 little bit of a bold take on this. I think the biggest winner from from this is going to be Zamir White because I think Zamir White is going to benefit from teams having to account for a quarterback. And um, I saw enough of him in that Sugar Bowl to lead me to believe that he has the potential to to be the running back we all thought he could be coming out of high school. I think he's getting more comfortable. And I think Jamie Newman's going to be a big uh, key to that. On the other side of the break, I'm going to ask you who you think is the biggest winner uh from on Georgia's current roster from the addition of Jamie Newman. And we're going to get in a little bit more to the offensive line and, and the Cade Mays situation. Uh, but before we do that, let these folks read their ads, and uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Kip. Who's the biggest winner on Georgia's roster from the addition of Jamie Newman? You know, I... As much as I want to pick one of these wide receivers, you know, talk about how they would be able to uh, to get, you know, help him out if a play breaks down. You mentioned Zamir White. I mean, you got to look at like a guy like James Cook. What could these guys do, you know, on a, on a speed option play? Uh, you know, what just the ability for Jamie Newman to require someone to put a guy on him, put a defender on him, to put a spy on him, you know, what would that do to a guy like, you know, James Cook, who, again, when he gets the ball in space, is, you know, really tough to defend and is a guy that a lot of people think has been somewhat underutilized so far at Georgia. Now, does he have a lot to work on? Sure. Uh, You know, and, you know, is running between the tackles consistently something that some people thought was still part of his game that has yet to really be fleshed out? I mean, I'm not going to argue with that, but the guy still, you know, averaged almost seven yards per touch, you know, last season and is a guy that could really benefit from having a quarterback that it brings a little bit of, uh, again, that diversity to his game that, you know, that you have to, plan for 
as a defensive coordinator, uh, you know, it, it takes away the ability of not just your, your defensive linemen, but your linebackers to play as fast as, as they would like to, you know, trying to fly to the ball. So I think a guy like James Cook could, could really, you know, he, he could see a lot of open space with a guy like that uh, playing quarterback. And so I think if you're James Cook, you have to be pretty excited. But again, you still have, you know, plenty of running backs in that backfield that you're going to have to compete with and, and try to, you know, take carries away. Zamir obviously being one of them being completely, you know, he, you know, rested off of the back to back knee injuries and, and, you know, us potentially being able to see what he can really do. And Kenny McIntosh showing flashes and true freshman Kendall Milton, you know, already on campus as well, giving them that six two, 220 pound running back who could, you know, potentially be a workhorse for them as well. There's, I mean, there's still plenty of talented backs in that backfield, even with the departure of Brian Herring and DeAndre Swift. But I still think that now James Cook coming into this third year could, could really, you know, be a breakout player for Georgia this year. And I think with Jamie Newman, I just think it's it's a great fit at potentially just being something that's very difficult uh, for opponents to defend. Yeah, and not only that, and, and listen, I know James Cook is more than a speed sweep, jet motion type guy, but it really causes you to hesitate as a defense when you've got a quarterback that can run downhill at you to kind of shift to that motion so heavily as teams did to Georgia last year because you know if you bail out with a linebacker out of the box there, it, quarterback can pull it, get downhill, find a seam, and 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 crease you there, and really spit out of the other side of the second level and and make a big play on you. So teams kind of have to respect that jet motion a little bit more, and and respect not only that, but they have to also kind of put themselves in conflict by by uh, respecting what Jamie Newman can do as a as a runner between the tackles. Uh, let's talk about the offensive line here a little bit before we let everybody go. And um, obviously the K May situation, I, I'm sure it's made its rounds at this point. Lawsuit, um, Kevin Mays, K's father, loses a, a part of his pinky in an accident. Um, Sam Pittman's a legend, even more of a legend now. Picked up the pinky, put it on ice. I go ahead and tell you right now, if that's me, I'm saying, hey, uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go get you a bucket of ice to put that pinky in, but I'm—I mean, I'd never touch it. Uh, I don't—I don't know if I'd do that to my wife's pinky. Uh, with my kids, that's probably about as far as it goes. Uh, but uh, uh, craziness that ensues there—they're suing uh, the University of Georgia. Cage transferring to tra- transfers to Tennessee. Georgia's lost four starting offensive linemen. Um, it, it's 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 a lot of turnover there, Kip, and and ultimately. Um, obviously, bringing Newman in kind of helps that group because he's the kind of guy who can maybe make you right whenever you miss a protection or, or things like that. But what is your expectation for this Georgia offensive line, and and uh, you know how how do you kind of see it maybe shaking out? I think there are a couple spots that you can kind of you know feel somewhat good about going into the spring. Obviously, you got to stay healthy, but. I mean, you look at what Trey Hill was able to do over the last half of the season. Shaky start. I really thought that, again, he got better as the season progressed, got a little bit more comfortable playing center. He still has the, you know, the body to play guard if you want him to. 
But I think as of right now, you can still plug him into center and, and feel pretty good about what you have. Ben Cleveland, again, if he's, if he's able to come back, you know, if everything works out with him as far as, you know, the academics and everything, I, I think you have to feel pretty good about him coming in at right guard and playing really good football. He's been a really good player there. Him and Cade Mays did a great job pushing each other for that spot, and I thought Ben Cleveland was an outstanding pass protector whenever he was on the field there. So that's two spots right there. Jamari Sawyer, now you know we start kind of getting a little bit you know, into the unknown, but I think that based on need, I think he might be a, a situation where he gets put at right tackle this year. I just think that... You know, he practiced there a lot. He looked pretty, you know, comfortable there. Uh, I think that based on what you saw in the bowl game as well, the Sugar Bowl, I think that he has that ability to play right tackle for Georgia. And I think in a situation where you just got to put your best five offensive linemen on the field, I think the right tackle spot's a spot where he can come in and, and, and give you a good look there. And Justin Schaefer. Uh, when Solomon Kinley got hurt, uh, I believe against Notre Dame, um, Justin Schaefer came in, played left guard before uh, I think he got hurt and did not come back to the lineup after that injury. I, uh, I believe that was South Carolina. Uh, but I think that, again, him being a, a rising senior, he should be probably seen as the favorite at, at left guard to give them that just a guy that's been in the program a, a long time and has, again, played pretty good football when he was pressed into action last season. At that point, you have four guys that you feel fairly good about going into spring football. That left tackle spot is obviously going to be something that, you know, Georgia's going to have to put a lot of guys in there. That competition, that's going to be one of the focal points of spring football, replacing arguably the best left tackle to ever play at Georgia and Andrew Thomas. Uh, so with, right there, I think Xavier Truss is a guy that they're going to take a long look at. A guy that came in, you know, in that 2019 cycle, did not get a lot of fanfare, but the reports from, you know, out of Georgia this past season was that, you know, that he has a lot of potential. Um, only saw action, I think, in a couple games, so redshirted. But I think he's going to be heavily involved in the discussion. And just looking right to the 2020 class, Georgia really needs to lock up Broderick Jones. A five-star out of Lithonia, Georgia, verbally committed to Georgia, did not sign. And, you know, Auburn is making a major push with Broderick Jones and you know he's going to take official visits to you know Georgia I believe on the 24th and then to to Auburn on the 31st and that he moves by far to the top of the list now uh, as far as what Georgia needs to do to finish out this 2020 class he's a guy that 6'5 285 pounds you know very lean plays basketball but again Andrew Thomas showed up in June you know, he was not an early enrollee as a freshman, and he was able to start, you know, as a true freshman at right tackle. Uh, Broderick, you know, I don't want to put that on someone. We don't usually project true freshmen to start, especially at left tackle, but he's very athletic, and, and he might end up being, you know, Georgia's best option at left tackle if they're able to sign him. So, I mean, he is he is definitely, um, you know, a huge priority for Matt Luke 
in that coaching staff. I would imagine that, you know, Matt's definitely going to be at Lithonia at his basketball games, uh, you know, with Broderick as much as possible, just because, again, that left tackle spot is open for grabs. I think the other ones, for the most part, you know, those are guys that, that I feel pretty good about starting for Georgia. You know, you still have Warren McClendon as a potential guard or tackle. You still have Clay Webb as a center or guard. You know, uh, you still have Owen Condon as, as a guy that also has the ability to, to to start at tackle as well. But, I mean, Broderick Jones is is definitely moved up to the top of the board if he already wasn't as, you know, the figurehead of this 2020 class, a guy who can come in and potentially start right away at, at the most important position. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think Jones is a guy to watch for sure if, if they can secure his signature. Uh, but but right now, man, like if I had to bet on it, obviously I, I do agree with you on the on the left guard, uh, center, right guard, and right tackle. I think Sawyer's going to play right tackle. I like Cleveland as long as he can clear these academic hurdles to, to play right guard. Trey Hill is center and, uh, and, and, and Justice Schaefer there at left guard. I think Clay Webb or Warren Erickson are, are going to be interesting options there at potentially guard or center uh, for, for, you know, just to kind of see. Matt Luke's probably going to want to do some experimenting there. But I think Xavier Trust, barring something crazy, is the front runner for that left tackle position. But what would be really funny – all right, and this would this would be absolutely hilarious. Is if all of a sudden, you know, you get to the midpoint of of preseason camp, maybe third week of preseason camp, roll out there to practice, and all of a sudden Matt Luke's got this Austin Blasky kid at left tackle, and and he's out there running with the first team. I mean, you just you never really know who's like nobody really expected Justin Schaefer. To, to make as much noise as he did early on. But all of a sudden, you go out there and he's running with the second team and he's pushing you know, Kendall Baker for a starting left guard job and he jumps over Pat Allen, who, a guy who had already been on campus for a little while. Uh, you know, sometimes these young guys just just get into it quickly and they kind of they kind of understand things a little quicker than you really expect them to. Some of them take a little longer. So, uh, you know, I do think Georgia has some depth on the way. You know, Tate Ratledge is another guy that you, that you think may have a chance. Uh, maybe not quite as long as as most tackles are as far as arm length goes, but but still a guy I think can can operate at the tackle position. But but uh, right now, I mean, if if I'm a betting man and you give me some decent odds, I'd say probably eight to one on. Xavier Trust or five to one on Xavier Trust winning that left tackle job, I'd put a hundred bucks on it. I think that he's definitely got got the leg up there. And and listen, that that's coming from a, a little bit of inside there because I talked to a couple people uh, back during the season about Trust and and they said point blank, kid's an athlete. He's long. He's light on his feet. He's a really good athlete. And that's what Georgia. I mean, that that's what you need at the position. Trust looked good when he played. He's got a little bit of experience under his belt. There'll be some growing pains, but I don't see another guy up there, another experienced guy up there that you throw at left tackle. I don't think Jamari Sawyer's a left tackle. Ben Cleveland, who could probably play tackle if you really needed him to, don't think he's a left tackle. Justin Schaefer is not a left tackle, and obviously, uh, obviously Trey Hill's not going to play that position. Uh, but but it'll be interesting to follow. It'll be one of the biggest storylines going into uh, spring drills is who's working number one on that offensive line. And and uh, as we started the show talking about, uh, Georgia's got its quarterback. Uh, it, it, that, that position has been filled. There won't be a ton of intrigue, I don't think, as far as that goes. Uh, plan is, 
for the podcast this week to come back later on in the week hopefully we'll have rusty mansell with us we'll have the, the the tripod going once again but for this show that's all we've got i'm jake Rowe with dogs 24 7 he's kip adams also of dogs 24 7 and this has been the junkyard dog cast everybody take it easy Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.